What's going on, everybody? This is Joey of Underage Packers, welcoming you to episode 43. Now, usually I'd be introducing myself as a host for the past few weeks, but today I'm back in my role as an honored co-host because the one and only Big B is back to join me. How are you doing, Big B? Pretty good. You know, <laughs> I mean, even after... Even before uh, your your great news, that was your answer all the time. So I guess, you know, yeah. not too much has changed. And, you know, I, I mean, before we get too far into it, I, I really do just want to say I, I like what Andy, uh, Andy Herman had to say in his message to you. I really feel that, you know, you really are, uh, you know, it sucks that what you had to go through. But I think – Still going through it, by the way. Yeah. Still, not, not over yet. Not over yet, but um, still – just what you've, how much you've shown, um, and just how kind you are to people. I mean, like, even when you're caring about what I'm going through, uh, it, it's just awesome. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about life, you know, but hopefully it teaches you a lot about uh, the future and hope, uh, turns you into, uh, develops you into more of a character. Yeah. So, Big B, I'm so excited to have you back. I'm also really excited for our guest this week. Jacob Westendorf from Game On Wisconsin. How are you feeling today? Oh, it's good to be here. I uh, have been. I haven't been through what Big B's been through, but I've been through what you're currently going through, Joey. So yeah, uh, yeah got my uh, little COVID stint done, and thankfully I'm back up and running as much as I can. Chasing around a toddler is definitely exhausting, and even more mm -hmm. so when your lungs aren't at full capacity. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm actually still working. So, uh, you guys caught me at, uh, one of those days I'm pulling a, I work in a skilled nursing facility and we are actually dealing with some COVID stuff too. So thankfully mm -hmm. I was able to get away for a little bit and come hang out yeah. with you guys, the future of, uh, the Packers beat. So it's an honor to be here. We appreciate that. I mean, it's not as bad. I mean, big beat last year was literally going into his school's bathroom reporting news from training camp. So, you know, I won't get on you too much for that. Uh, so, obviously, today we're going to be taking a look at the upcoming Eagles game this Sunday. It should be an interesting one. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let's talk about the exciting signing the Packers made this past Monday uh, with kick returner, punt returner, whatever you want to call him, Tavon Austin. I'm really excited for this. Uh, you know, I talked about it a little bit on uh, last week's episode. I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to be labeled as wide receiver. He's more so going to be on special teams. Um, but Big B, I, I want to hear your thoughts first. What are your thoughts on, uh, I mean, just how quickly will we see Tavon Austin, will we see any of him uh, have a role on offense or will he just be limited to some uh, punt returns? Okay. I think he's – He's not going to get much playing time. He's going to stay behind MVS. It's just going to be it's going to be Adams, Lazard, MVS. Mm -hmm. But he might he'll probably get worked into the offense a little more with Irvin. Yeah. Might take his spot, but I'm really excited for him on punt returns, kick returns. I feel like he can bring that juice to the special teams. Yeah, and that's a great point. Just on special teams, bring in the juice. I mean, I'm not sure if this is what you meant by this, but it just feels like there's a lot on this team defense and special teams where it's like, what are we even doing here? You know, do we know what we're doing? Do we want to be playing this football game? And then on the Austin side of things, I don't see him too much as a wide receiver at all. The only way I can see him getting involved in the offense 
is that Tyler Irvin role, like you mentioned. So, Jacob, do you think, based on what uh, Tavon can do, how quickly and how efficiently can he be used in that kind of wide receiver sweep and jet motion guy? Yeah, it's been interesting listening to Rodgers talked about it with McAfee. You know, Adrian Amos talked about it uh, in his media availability. Jamal Williams talked about it with us and Jimmy, just how excited they are about a, a small signing mm-hmm. on the margins and how they feel about this guy. Like Adrian Amos said this guy was the best player in high school in West Virginia. And that was mm-hmm. hilarious for me to hear just because I remember Tavon Austin got drafted when I was in college. So this was one of the first drafts that I really, really scouted. And one of my friends that like the first podcast I ever did, he loved him and wanted the Packers so badly to get him. But I look forward to seeing him in that, you know, Tyler Irvin is one of those guys that you don't realize how valuable he is until he's not available because then now, especially with the absence of AJ Dillon, the Packers really only have two backs on their roster that they really, really trust. So putting somebody like, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams in that fly sweep role, it's hard for them to, cause then they're both on the field at the same time. And now you're asking both of them to play, you know, 80% of snaps instead of, you know, that this week they had a perfect 50, 50 split in terms of carries, which I thought was interesting. So I look forward to seeing how they're able to incorporate him on offense. I am most excited to see him. The Packers haven't had a good punt returner since Randall Cobb and his prime Micah Hyde, obviously. I mean, Last year, and this is nothing against Swerve, he's obviously done some good stuff, but the, the threshold and the, the bar last year was set so low that it was literally run forward. Yeah. Like, can you just gain positive yards on a punt return? And we thought he was the greatest returner ever. Yeah, there was definitely some rough stints on punts last year. And thank God, Sean Meninga should be thanking his lucky stars for the Tyler Irvin <laughs> signing. And, you know, maybe uh, Tavon will be like that for him on the stretch. Uh, really excited to hopefully have Irvin back in the coming weeks. But, yeah, we've really, ever since Irvin got hurt, which has really gone by pretty quick, but it's been quite a few weeks here on now, uh, we've lacked that motion guy, and we've tried a lot of different guys in there. Um, but I think Tavon is really, uh, really would be the perfect fit in that scenario. Uh, so, so on uh, other news, Chris Barnes was promoted from the COVID list. We're still waiting in on A.J. Dillon. Uh, and then, so talking about Chris Barnes, he was one of the surprises of uh, this season. So, and there, after that Bears game, a, a pretty bad performance from Kirsten Kirksey. There's a lot of people, especially now, that are talking, you know, Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin have done some really good stuff in here as rookies, late round draft pick, undrafted. So how quickly, or is there a point this season where, Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin are getting more uh, or really taking over for Christian Kirksey. What would you say, Jacob? I have a hard time seeing that happen. You know, one of the benefits to the Christian Kirksey signing and Mike Patton talked about it after they signed him was his ability to just come in and know the defense and immediately from scratch, know exactly what he's doing, where to be, what to do. And you've noticed too, being a young player on this team you know, I've talked about this a lot the last couple of weeks, but the Packers, they have one rookie who has stepped in and been a day one starter. That was Darnell Savage. Elton Jenkins and Jair Alexander became contributors very, very quickly. They bring their young guys along slowly unless they're just stars like Jair Alexander. And nobody's going to say, I don't think that Kamal Martin or Chris Barnes have been stars at that linebacker position. They've been solid and probably better by comparison because we've been used to watching the likes of like, 
with no disrespect to these guys, but like Sam Barrington and Jamari yeah. Lattimore and some of the legends that have come through that. It's not exactly Dick Butkus and Mike Singletary and some of the guys that have come through maybe from our rivals to the South, uh, if you will, on that. But mm-hmm. I wondered aloud a little bit after Kirksey got hurt as well as Barnes was played, could he maybe get Wally pipped, which is lose your spot because of an injury. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. Um, you know, he, he did play well against Jacksonville. He did play well against Indianapolis, I thought. But he did have a really rough game against the Bears. I still don't know on that first run play to David Montgomery. I have no idea what he was doing. I don't know what his read key was. I don't know if he was – like, it looked like to me on second glance that Zadarius Smith and Kirksey both followed the quarterback. So maybe he got tricked and thought Trubisky had the ball. But otherwise, I have no idea what he was doing. So, But one rough game. I think is uh, it's going to be a, a rough go, but I mean, they're not going to replace him. I don't think. Yeah. I think especially at middle linebacker where there needs to be, I mean, even if Christian Kirksey's plays in top notch, if he's adding that veteran leadership, that's so important at that commander position over the middle of the defense, keeping on topic of um, Mike Pettin's defense. I noticed last year, and something I've been picking up on over this season is how much last two his first two years in Green Bay Mike Pettin ran a lot of cornerback blitzes with his two safeties uh, as well just a lot of guys coming in from the secondary and adding the extra speedy guy on the line this year we haven't seen that as much I think the biggest thing I would point to is the fact that maybe and as the years pass he was over compensating a little bit um, and he didn't feel as confident maybe in his other corners and other guys in the secondary. So he wanted to get more of a coverage sack or, or just get pressure on the quarterback in a faster way. So would that help? Do you think we need that extra pressure? And could that be a, a solution to that? Well, we're going up against Carson Wentz, who's got sacked <laughs> about 4,000 times this year. So yeah. Uh, yeah, bring as much pressure as you want. I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Yeah. Pressure, yeah. I feel like we can get home every time. Yeah, for this week, he could look at that. And yeah. we'll see what he does. And I, I mean, just we'll see how much he uses it. I just haven't seen any of it all year when that was uh, seemed like a main point of his offense, especially last year, or his defense, rather, especially last year. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the Eagles now. Some practice news coming out of there. Uh, Fletcher Cox missing the past two days. Zach Ertz, a limited participant the past two days. Those would be two really big injuries, especially uh, Fletcher Cox. The Packers got lucky with Akeem Hicks for the Bears being out this past week. So Fletcher Cox uh, is out. I mean, that's a really main stake of their defense. Um, and, and the Packers were able to completely expose that with Chicago just sending up Aaron Jones up the middle and getting 10 or 12 yards every carry. Um, so, Jacob, how do you think – do you think the game plan for the Packers changes that much going up against the Eagles defense with or without Fletcher Cox? Oh, yeah, definitely. Fletcher Cox is Philadelphia's best player, and he has been for four or five years. He was the best player on that Super Bowl team. I got to see that defense up close a couple different times that year. They were the best defensive line in football. They were the best offensive line in football that year. And, you know, Big B just kind of mentioned that Carson gets sacked feels like every other play now it's been a big reason for their decline but something they mentioned on the broadcast during the Bears game Chris Collinsworth points out or not Collinsworth I'm sorry Tony Dungy uh, pointed out that 
know, there are runs that if Akeem Hicks is in the game, Matt LaFleur scratches them off of his play sheet. And it's the same way with Fletcher Cox. And there's interior pressure that exists if Fletcher Cox plays versus if he doesn't. With all due respect to guys like John Runyon and Big Elg and uh, Lucas Patrick, who have played well this year, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox is a different animal. And that's like, there's Aaron Donald. And then after that, you can definitely make an argument for Fletcher Cox as being the best player at that position. So if he can't go, that's a massive loss for an Eagles defense. That's pretty good. Uh, The Eagles defense actually is probably better with Cox in the lineup than the Bears defense they faced on Sunday without Akeem Hicks. So they've got a really good group. I don't know. I fall in love with the Eagles roster every single year. I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year. I picked them to go like 12 and four or something stupid like that this year. And, and they disappoint me every year. So I got to stop picking NFC East teams to do well for some stupid reason. I do it every year. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be interesting how they go after the Eagles defense. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they clearly kept them in a close distance, at least with Seattle uh, this past week in Seattle, you know, their defense isn't too good either. Um, I would say the Packers are, and Mike Penn are a little bit better than Ken Norton Jr. and company. Um, but let's, a lot a bit better. Seattle's <laughs> defense is horrible. Be a little bit more grateful for that. Uh, moving over to the Packers offense, you know, a, a big thing that I've been hating on all year is this idea, the statement, especially after week six against Tampa Bay, a Super Bowl team doesn't do X or a Super Bowl team does Y. <laughs> you know, I absolutely hate that statement. Because all a Super Bowl team has to do is get into the dance and win four games or three games. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one thing that a championship team does do that the 2020 Packers have done phenomenally. They don't rely on their big uh, star players solely. They've had a lot of great role players, if you will, a lot of uh, fifth guy off the bench if we're talking NBA terms. A lot of those smaller role guys that have stepped in and they're done their job perfectly, done exactly what they're expected to do. Um, a lot that just uh, line off the page, um, Robert Tunyon, Equinamia St. Brown, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdo, Scantley, Mercedes Lewis, and uh, not that he's a role player. I mean, we are probably 0-16 without this guy, Jamal Williams, uh, Lucas Patrick. I mean, there has just been a lot of great guys that have filled in and done their roles perfectly. So, Big B, how, what, did you say that was what was missing for the Packers last year uh, and what ultimately came to their heartbreaking demise in the NFC Championship game? Well, I think it's the defense about the NFC Championship. <laughs> I don't think there's much that, yeah. that changed there. But I just feel like everyone is stepping up when they have to this year. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, EQ, he stepped up pretty – had a pretty solid game. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Jamal Williams coming in, carrying the ball. The GOAT. All right. That's that touchdown was amazing, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there were I mean, making business decisions against Jamal Williams. Oh yeah. I mean, there was Big B, yeah, I, I'm not lying when I say he he will listen to every episode where he's not there and he will tell me everything wrong I said about Jamal Williams this yeah. past week. Uh, I wasn't quote unquote hyped enough about Jamal's. I, I didn't even watch it, and I knew you weren't hyped enough. <laughs> like I just knew because I would I would have went on a, like a five minute tangent of how awesome that touchdown was. Uh-huh. I would just went off. 
and that's why you're back. One minute, and so, you yeah. you probably would have never returned if that was if I wasn't bringing in the fight for Jamal Williams. But yeah, I I mean that's probably you're probably right there. I you can't really look at too much besides the defense and Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster in the NFC Championship game. But yeah, I really think that's a big difference um, in this 2020 team. Um, Jacob, do you looking at the other NFC competitors? Uh, which is a wide open field as of now. Do you think there's any other team that is putting together more of a, a complete team than the Packers right now? Um, that's a good question. You know, I think the biggest thing that was missing last year was the Packers didn't have an elite. The teams that win championships have an elite side of the ball or an elite. And sometimes it's it's rare that you get – you guys weren't – living when this happened and I was barely but the 96 Packers number one offense number one defense number one special teams that's the greatest team of all time that nobody talks about enough the 2010 Packers they had an elite offense they just stumbled over themselves all year and they had a really really good defense that year as well you know you mentioned that Super Bowl teams don't do x Super Bowl teams don't do y that 2010 Packers team they lost back-to-back overtime games to two teams that didn't make the playoffs they lost a road game to the Detroit Lions of all teams I mean there was all that going to answer your question directly about teams in the NFC. You know, I think if new Orleans can get drew Brees back and if that game can be in the Superdome, because honestly, I think if that game's at Lambeau field in the cold, he's going to melt. Yes. And I suppose that's, I should probably use a different adjective because you don't melt in the cold, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to freeze. That's a bit of a rough go, but their defense is really good. And I think yeah. that's something that's been overlooked, but the Packers put up 30 on them earlier in the year and the Packers, Friend of uh, our program and one of the best in the business, Peter Bukowski, points out that, you know, the Packers have played six of 11 of their games against top 10 DVOA defenses, and they average over 30 points against those defenses. They can score against whoever. I think people just get that Bucks game, like you mentioned, Joey, in their head and think, okay, if they play a really good defense, they can't score. That's not true. Yeah. The last two weeks they played – they scored 30 points against Indianapolis, the number one pass defense in the NFL, with DeForest Buckner, by the way, mm-hmm. and didn't even play for a quarter, and they still scored 30 points. So they could score on whoever. They have an elite offense. There's not a team in the NFC playoffs that scares me if I'm a Packers fan because I'm, I've said this a million times. I am sick and tired of hearing what the Packers can't do. Yep. I want to hear what the other teams – so, for example, they play Tennessee in what – three weeks. Mm-hmm. So Green Bay can't stop Derrick Henry. Okay. Well, Tennessee can't stop Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, yeah. let's see. And typically if those are your disparities, the team that can't oh, stop yeah. the quarterback is the one who loses. So I, I like Green Bay's chances in that game. So yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Exactly. And I, I love that point you bring up about Tennessee. We should have a very special guest for that episode when we preview that game. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. It's not Jamal Williams, but uh, he is me either, the so I'm not sure who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like that's what me and Big B have been talking about all season, and what we've been wanting to see the Packers do when it's the formula how to win. Don't let defenses run over you. Put forty on them in the first quarter and make them pass the rest of the game. That's a little bit uh, over realistic, but you know that that's the dream. Uh, speaking about the head man of that offense, not Jamal Williams, the second best player there, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I really feel this is some of the best football we've seen from him uh, in quite a while. I don't know if you can say it, it's definitely a different playing style than 2014 or 11, 2010, but it's it's a really real a, a great quarterback. 
Um, so, Big B, let's hear What does Aaron Rodgers have to do stat-wise, uh, big game-wise? What does he need to do to win his third MVP? Ooh, okay. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to suck for one game. Right. <laughs> just, just one game, please. Compensate for game. Tampa Bay. That's all we need to know. Aaron Rodgers just got to keep balling out, all right? Mm-hmm. Got to have a big game versus Tennessee. Yep. That's, that's a night game, right? That's, yep. Okay, yep. Two straight night games in a row there. Yep. Clinch the division that night. Rodgers wins MVP. We're all happy. Packers go Super Bowl. Mass hysteria all around. Yeah, I'd love to see it because, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Tennessee would be a big game. <laughs> and that's what I really wanted to see us do in Tampa Bay. And, and you can't spend too much time uh, crying over spoiled milk, but it's like, man, that would have been a great game to show Aaron Rodgers what he's made of. Um, so that didn't happen. So these next six weeks are going to be big for him. Obviously, all we really want is a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP for Jamal Williams. But, you know, that is what it is. Uh, so let's move on to the other side of the ball here, the Eagles defense. So uh, the, the, not too bright for them. Uh, well, their offense is not their defense is a, a little bit of a bright spot. Their offense really, their, their offensive line play is very inconsistent. And it's either bad or below average, uh, which allows Carson Wentz not to do anything uh, from the minimal that he can do. And it's, you know, it's just not that 2018 offense. But the Eagles defense really, um, well, taking a look at what they have in their secondary outside of Fletcher Cox and their defensive line, uh, it's it's Darius Slay. Uh, and I, I don't think or believe there's really anybody else of note in that secondary. Um, so, Looking back at Devontae Adams' past two matches against his former division rival, Darius Slate, uh, seven receptions and 93 yards uh, and one touchdown. Uh, his past game uh, last year, it was a big day for Kyle Lazard, and he was out that week. So who wins the match this time, Jacob? Um, because, you know, it, it seems like in recent memory, Devontae has won quite a few of them, but new team can uh, Darius Slay finally put a stop to Devontae Adams' tactics. Nope. Uh, if it comes down to <laughs> Devontae Adams against anybody, I'm taking Devontae. Uh, I think Big B, it might have been you, said he's top two, he's not two. <laughs> and Devontae this season has been the best receiver in all of football. He is, yeah. he is phenomenal, and it's been great to watch his rise uh, from that 2015 season where felt like every time they threw him the ball, it was just like a net negative yeah. about the whole thing to now being just a superstar. He's a star in the community. You know, he's great. In the, he's great with the media. He gives us a lot of great answers, kind of allows us in and everything like that. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And Darius Slay, the, you know, the lasting image I have of Slay versus Adams is two years ago. So Mike McCarthy's final season as the head coach, we were in Detroit and Adam scored a touchdown against Slay, and they were separated by – I mean, I can't even get it on the screen, guys. It was – I mean, it was a ridiculous amount. Yeah. That's why I was called Darius Slay, Devontae Adams' son, because it, it is spread way out. I don't think they can stop him. And then you mentioned the other corners. I mean, Devontae Maddox is nothing to write home about. Mikel Roby Coleman's a nice slot receiver, but whatever. I mean, the Packers have found ways to – if you're in the slot, you're probably getting matched up with Devontae Adams. So I yeah. just kind of went through all that, right? So mm-hmm. Tay's going to have a big day. 
I've uh, called my shot that Jay Sternberger is going to catch Aaron's 400th touchdown Ooh. this weekend. But I think Devontae is going to have a big, big game on Sunday. I would love to see it to have Aaron uh, get another milestone week, get his 400th touchdown pass in there. Uh, that would be great, especially to uh, – I mean, I would love to see Jay's because I'm a big fan of him. would love to see him get more involved in the offense. Uh, it's coming. So, a, a very specific piece on the Eagles defense. You know, sometimes when I'm bored, I like to look back at Big B's um, Instagram feed uh, and, and just some of his thoughts. So last time we faced the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Derek Barnett had a very dirty hit. I mean, on Jamal Williams. Now, I'm, I'm sure these people that are, are first-time listeners of our show are probably like, why are they talking about Jamal Williams so much? But Big B, can you tell us, I mean – we don't need to know the others, but how high is Derek Barnett on your, your kill list? One. Well, he's number one. Oh. It's not, not even close. I hate him. I, I, we'll, we'll see if Jamal uh, doesn't forget about that this week. You better not. <laughs> well, Jamal did say it was water under the bridge, and he was fine, and it was over with. But, he's you know, really lying. I mean, <laughs> well, because he's right. the last – the last time he said something remotely controversial, oh, God. it wasn't even remotely controversial, but of course, you know, it was spun oh, that cool. way. I got so much shit for that too. <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. And you know how it was. I mean, it was funny how if you hit anybody with a brain realizes he was joking, but unfortunately yeah, you know, people in Massachusetts don't realize what a joke is. And of course the Packers followed that up with the worst game of the season. Yeah. That was fun. Was that you or you or Jimmy who asked uh, spawned that question? I asked. I was like, "Ah, oh, what the heck?" I was laughing. He laughed, and then yeah, it went. Uh, he said, "Come on, man!" And <laughs> he said, "I'm pretty sure Aaron knows what fourth down is." And then yeah, we kind of laughed about it after that. And then eventually, of course, we find it on ESPN and NFL Network and all these places. And we're like, "What is happening? Why <laughs> yeah. is all this going on?" And of course, the the yeah. mute button got a workout on our. Um, <laughs> Social media pages that week. My favorite thing about that blown up was, you know, it's like CBS short sports showing the clip. Like it's supposed to be a serious show. And then you see like the name tags, weenie one, weenie two. And it's <laughs> great content. You know, what's funny is we asked him before the show, if he was okay with us putting that. And he said, Oh yeah, man, that'll be hilarious. Please do that. Cause I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. And Jimmy was like, yeah, maybe. And then Jamal said, do it. So once Jamal says do it, I mean, Oh yeah. If Jamal tells me to put moron as my name, I put moron as my name. That's just, you know, when, it, when Jamal Williams tells you to do something, you do it. Exactly. Or, All right. All right. Let's, Get some final predictions in here. We don't have any consequences like the Freezer podcast, but Big B, let's hear it. Um, final score predictions, uh, or before we do that, who is your key matchup uh, for this game? All right, we are going with the run game versus the Eagles defensive line. Mm-hmm. It all comes so back to Jamal Williams. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> Williams mostly, you know. But, yeah, with Cox out, got to have a big game on the ground again. Had what was it, yeah. 182 yards versus the Bears. I want to see that again. Yeah, even if if, if Cox is in, uh, how they respond to that will be a big part of it. I'm going to go with um, interceptions versus Carson Wentz. Backers can do the bare minimum on defense and just get two to three interceptions. Really, just one interception in there. I think they should be really good and be should 
be working on offense if they're able to take advantage of that. Jacob, who, who's your uh, key matchup for this game? Yeah, I'm going to go the right – if Fletcher Cox plays, I'm going to go the right side of the offensive line against Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. I mentioned this week, Billy Turner's having a great season, but he's still the one that you worry about on the offensive line, obviously. John Runyon might be somebody they try and get Cox matched up against as well with him likely making his first start. But Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner against Fletcher Cox, those guys can ruin games. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, you know, they can ruin a game. And if you can't protect your quarterback, all those shiny weapons and receivers and running backs and all that stuff that we talk about, they really don't matter. The game, as much as it's changed over the years, it still starts up front and on the line of scrimmage. And that's what matters ultimately, in my opinion, the most. All right, let's end it off. We're talking with Jacob Westendorf of Game on Wisconsin. Let's hear it, Big B. Final score prediction, Packers versus Eagles. Will the Packers move on to 9-3, and three, and why is it a Packers win by 250? All right, we're going 41-23. Packers get the dub. Big, big game, baby. Let's go. All right, I, I like that. Uh, pretty much same score as the Bears game. I'll go with 38-17 Packers win. Let's hear it, Jacob. Yeah, I'll go 38-21. to 21. I think the Eagles get some garbage time points. They'll probably go for it. Jalen Hurts will score because that will annoy me <laughs> that that happened. But yeah. I think the Packers have plenty of offense to put up plenty of points. They'll get some turnovers. The Eagles do that a lot. And I'm looking forward to a big game from the pass rush. The Eagles, you mentioned, yeah. four of their five starters on the offensive line from the beginning of the season are out. So yeah. that matters. That matters a lot. <laughs> so Z, Preston, Rashawn, Kenny, go get the quarterback. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for it, and hopefully it's uh, no stress, uh, just like this past week. Uh, thanks so much, Jacob, for joining us. Big B, you know, I don't think there's there's so many people that don't even know you have a podcast anymore. You know, you, you just have such a big following on Twitter. Uh, so I appreciate you being my special guest this week. It was a great honor of mine. Uh, Jacob, where can people find you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf and then uh, at Game on WI. That's probably the easiest way to find all the Game on Wisconsin stuff. So I look forward to uh, having you guys hang out with us someday. All right. I uh, appreciate it. Make sure you stay tuned this Sunday for all the content we have coming out on game day as well as going to the Game on Wisconsin YouTube channel for all their daily live streams and shows and all that good stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Go Pack Go. 